Feel the Ad Love, a podcast produced by Radio Lounge, featuring conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and fun. Their stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. And just so you know, Radio Lounge is a destination for audio production services, for broadcast, for film, on-location audio experiences, and digital media. We also offer podcast training, podcast production, and distribution through our new podcast studios. Voice coaching, the production of high-end voice talent demos. Bottom line, every day is a brand new adventure in sound here at Radio Lounge. Drop by for a virtual visit anytime. It's RadioLoungeUSA.com. So I was going to call this podcast interview Life Before Exclusive, and I think that's the reason I say that is because we got to go back a few years to get to where we're at today and where we're going in the future. And, and one of the things that I thought of when I was coming up with questions for you, uh, my question is, Sam Zavery could probably sell just about anything. Think of this, Sam. Exclusive motors. Exclusive homes. Exclusive foods. But you fell in love with the furniture business in 98 when your father, Abdul Zavery, told you to do something over spring break. Now, because this is Sam, you're not going to the beach with friends and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. You you did something else. You went to visit your uncle in California, and that's when the magic moment happened. You said, wait a minute, this is pretty cool. It reminds me, I, when I was a kid, I went up to New York, to Long Island, to hang out with my, my uncle Danny, a, a florist. And I was like, I could do this. That was pretty neat. But you found it in the furniture business. And that's where it happened, right? I mean, this passion with the industry? Yes. Yes. So when I went to go visit my uncle, I mean, and I was like, wow, this is something I, I, I like. I mean, uh, I don't know if you have heard the story before, but uh, he had a store inside a mall, right? And uh, inside the mall, and it was across a women's clothing store, Forever 21, which, you know, they have now in Texas also. At that time, it was only in California. So I'm, as I'm standing in his store, and, uh, you know, I keep seeing all these girls coming out of the store and everything, and they'll come and, you know, they'll just look at the, look at the you know, peep in the store and they'll leave. And I'm like, man, this is, this is great. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, oh, so you got the women, so, and you got the furniture. Exactly. So I'm like, okay. man, I'm 20 years old at this time, right? Well, of course. So, yeah. So, I mean, what 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 do a 20 year old boy thinks about at this time? Well, mostly women, but not so much about. But but you got the connection. Well, you have to yeah, you have to yeah. do both because if you don't have no money, you're not gonna get no honey. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yes. So, but but the interesting thing is, and do you have more to that story? Is is, is that it? The the woman's and the well. Yeah. So so if you want me to take it back, why I went to California, I'll 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 go back and tell you. Yeah, so, do that. Yeah. So uh, here, let me just take it a couple of years back. Okay. Several years back. Yeah. Uh, when we, you know, so I you know I immigrated with my family uh, here from Pakistan. You know, when I was 14 or 14, 15 years old. Was that a weird thing to be coming from Pakistan to this country at 14 for you? Well, I mean, it's, it was not really weird. I mean, I mean, you know, of course it's different. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, I, I didn't have a language barrier per se. I had knowledge of the language, but but I mean, I was not able to speak it as fluently as I do today. Yeah. Um, but... But we, you know, when there's a will, there's a way, right? And I always, I strongly believe in it. You know, someone, 
I told this to somebody. Uh, someone asked me one time, well, can you do this? And even though I knew I couldn't, I told him, yes, I could. <laughs> and I was like, I'll figure it out later. So, I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you know, when we got over here, it was, it was great. And uh, so, you know, we started. Uh, my dad was only making uh, $1,000. It was six of us. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, me, my dad, you know, my mom, and and three other brothers, uh, you know, and sisters. So it's six of us. Um, you know, my dad was making about thousand eleven hundred dollars a month. Uh, everything he had brought with him, he had bought himself a car. It, it was a town and country, crashed the town and country car. Oh. You remember the station wagon with the wood paneling? Oh yeah, on the side. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah. he had bought he had bought that. He had put a deposit on an apartment. And, uh, and you know, got, uh, he didn't have any credit history, so uh, the uh, HLNP at that time wanted a deposit. Okay. And uh, so by the time we got the lights on, the apartment done and everything, my dad is left with 80, 90 bucks, you know, after he got the car. Yeah. And so soon, you know, he has to get a job. So he started working at a grocery store at night shift. Okay. So he was working, uh, he was going in about nine. And he will get off at like about, well, I think he was going in at eight and he will come home about six in the morning. And, uh, and you know, working, uh, he was, uh, he was basically stocking the, uh, the you know, the, the coolers and all that stuff at a gas station. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I knew that I had a responsibility being an older son. And, you know, one thing that, that an immigrant family do, they work their ass off. Excuse me. I, I mean, could I? Yes. Okay. That's okay. And 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 all they do is save. They don't spend any money. Okay. They save. Uh, you know, we. I mean, you know, so so it was it was humble beginnings. I mean, it was you know, so my mom, you know, did some babysitting, did some cooking for people on the side, and whatever she could do. And uh, you know, uh, she didn't speak the language uh, at all. Uh, and uh, so I mean, you know, whatever she had to do, she got it done. So she was making three, four hundred bucks. My dad is making about about a thousand, eleven hundred bucks. So. You know, as uh, you know, I had a responsibility to to the family that I need to do something. So I'll do odd and end thing over here. And uh, I still remember the first, uh, you know, first job I had. This guy made me work for four days and never, you know, uh, he was supposed to pay me three hundred bucks after four days. Ended up giving me eighty bucks. And and uh, but you know, it was a lesson learned, right? Everything I do, I always take it as a lesson. I should have I should have gotten an agreement with him in writing, but I didn't. But you know, neither here nor there. Uh, taught me a great, valuable lesson in life. Uh, I started, you know, once I turned sixteen, I started working at Pizza Hut, and and you know, we were doing better. My dad was now making a little more money. Mom was making a little more money. Uh, you know, once I started working at, uh, you know, at Pizza Hut, that was my first job. I remember I went to go work over there, and I cried. I got out, you know, my dad picked me up at night and I got out of Pizza Hut and I told I told my dad, I'm never going back. And my dad was like, why? I said, they made me clean the restroom. They made me mop and, and I burned my hand five different places. Uh, you know, and, and my dad was like, well, you know, you can, you can either, you can, you don't have to go to work, but if that's the attitude you're going to take, you'll never be anywhere in life because you, everywhere you'll go, you'll just quit. So I suggest you go back to work tomorrow and learn how not to burn your hands. And, and I burned it a lot of places <laughs> so for several more weeks, but uh, but it was it was you know it was something good that I needed to hear, and uh, you know I did that. The store closed. I mean you know so so I knew that I had to bring some money, and and even though I was working part time, 
because I was going to school at that time. You know, that that hundred bucks that I contributed to my family every week meant a lot, you know, because that was an extra 400 bucks that my family needed, you know. And, uh, you know, so times were getting better. We were working and everything. And um, then I was working at the supermarket called Oshans, which is a huge supermarket in southwest Houston, had 53 registers at one time. Walmart, you know, replicated that uh, same thing. But Oshans used to run 53 uh, registers on a Saturday and Sunday, all of them. Wow. Walmart never does. Wow. Yeah. Because because there was only one Oshans, so people used to go over there. Sure. Like crazy. One day I was there and I saw these people who are doing some promo work for AT&T. And I, I'm like, I went and asked them and I'm working at Oshan. I'm making $5.15 at this time, which was above minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And so I asked these people and they're like, well, they pay, they get paid $7.50. So I'm looking at them. I'm like, they don't work as hard as me. Okay. Because, uh, you know, when you are a cashier at, at, uh, at Oshan's, I mean, you know, it was a lot of manual labor as well because people were, you know, buying these, uh, you know, two dozen, uh, the 24-pack the Coke and beer, and they'll take it to their stores and sell them, and you have to unload it over there. And it was it was, it was a little harder, right? Yeah. So I'm like, well, this is easier. I don't have no pressure. I don't have, I don't have the, I don't have to do this, you know, go through the speed or whatever. I make more money. And $7.50 versus $5.15, I'm basically getting... A fifty percent increase. Yeah, no brainer. In pay. Yeah, and easier work. Yeah, and I love to talk to people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, so I went to work over there, and uh, soon enough, you know, they uh, the I was making seven dollar fifty cents. Happy. Now all of a sudden, I'm contributing to my family about two hundred bucks a week, uh, or or maybe one about one eighty to two hundred, and I'm keeping the other hundred 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 twenty five dollars. Everybody's happy. My family's happy. My dad is not by now. My dad is making about eighteen hundred a month. My mom is making about a thousand, and I'm contributing. So I mean, we are living pretty high now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, um, instead of making it, instead of bringing a thousand dollars a month, we're bringing about close to three thousand a month, right? Which is big. Which is pretty big. Yeah. Which is a big, you know, huge step in a couple yeah. of years now that we've been in this country. We already tripled our income. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one thing good about America. If anyone wants to do it, this is it. This is the land of opportunity. That's why they say the land of the free and the land of opportunity. Anybody can become anything if they want to. Yeah. Right? And uh, so so while I'm at, one day I'm at uh, this uh, standing over there, at, uh, you know, at my, at my post, you know, doing these uh, raffle, the promos for AT&T. This guy approaches me and he said, hey, you know, he started talking to me. And all of a sudden after he talked to me, he was like, hey, I want to offer you a job with our commission uh, sales position. Same company, but commission. Yeah. But it's a different division. So I said, well, you know, I don't want to work on commission. He showed me his paychecks. He was making, you know, I'm over there working for 40 hours a week, making 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Every biweekly, my check was 600. By the time the taxes came out. I'll only get about, you know, 500 bucks or something. And this guy has shown me checks which are no less than 2,500 every two weeks. Oh. I'm like, man, I'm making, this guy's making four times money that I am. Yeah. And I know he's probably not working as hard as I am. So, I mean, you know, he wanted to get me over there. And when, you know, a lot of recruiters, what they do is when they want to get somebody there, they promise them the world. 
Okay, some you know, grass is not always green on the other side until you get there, <laughs> right? You're like you, but but this, the recruiters paint this picture, this rosy picture that you're gonna be a millionaire, right there. So I'm like, okay, let's go. So I tell my, I'm like, listen, I'm gonna talk to my parents. I'll let you know tomorrow. Go talk to my mom, and uh, you know, I'm about to graduate out of high school at this time. Okay, this the guy came to me, approached me. I think it was like about April. Okay, and my dad said, well, uh, my mom said, absolutely not. We're making good money. You're going to go in commission? How do you know that you're going to make any money? And my dad is like, listen, you don't understand commission sales. If you don't sell, you don't earn. I'm like, there's no reason I'm not going to sell. I am going to sell. He's like, no, look, we are a great place. Let's just leave it like it is. And that's one thing that a lot of people do, right? They, 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 they're like, we had a great place. Let's stay where we at. Yeah, let's not take a risk. Let's not take a risk. Well, so I took a risk. So I tell my my supervisor over there, uh, she was a, she was an Asian lady, and I'm like, hey, listen, I'm gonna go to the other side. So I'm gonna go ahead and give you a month notice. And I reason why I give give a month because I want to finish my school before I go go to the other place. And she became real real upset. I mean, she started yelling at me, screaming at me. She was very upset. I was one of her good salespeople. That's why, yeah. I wasn't the top, but I was one of the good ones, right? And she just became really upset with me, started yelling at me, and she was like, if you leave, you never can come back. So she basically said, I will give you a week to reconsider and tell the other division, no. I said, okay, I didn't want to you know, her to fire me. So I said, okay, I'll think about it. Well, anyways, a month later, I said my goodbyes and I left to the other division. First day at work, I mean, you know, get over there and everything. And this guy started talking to me. Big African guy, big black guy. His name is Kale. Okay. And he get and he is the sales manager over there. And I see him and he's sweating profusely. And I get over there, and he's like, Professor. I'm like, yes, sir. He said, what's your name? I said, my name is Sam. He said, no, your name is Professor. You are the professor. I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, sir, let's go. He's like, Professor, let's go. I'm like, well, where are we going? He's like, we're going to go to the store, and he takes some stuff out of the office. And he, he, he said, let's go. He puts, he tells these other girls to follow us. We go to uh, this Hispanic neighborhood where 100% of the population is Hispanic. It's on the southwest side of Houston, on Hillcroft and Gulfton. We go to this, we go outside a store, and it's summer, scorching heat, and he puts this, he takes this table out of his car, which is, it's a foldable table, okay, and he sets it up, he puts a little black top on it, and he said, and he gives us all these paperwork, and he said, let's go. And I'm like, let's go where? And he said, oh yeah, we're gonna go and sell a lot of stuff. And then so everybody was coming in to speak Spanish. And I'm like, so I tell him after 10 minutes, I'm like, hey, listen, I, I don't speak Spanish. And he said, you don't speak Spanish? He's like, okay, well, go home. I said, no, I came with you in your car. He's like, well, we're going to go. I'm going to go home in four to five hours when I'm done. I'm like, so what am I supposed to do? He's like, go home. Well, there's no Uber or Lyft at that time. I can't call nobody. I don't have no cell phone, <laughs> you know. So I call, I, I go to the store, make change, 
called my called my dad, pay phone. I told my dad, I said, Dad, I'm I'm right here, and my car is right there. But this guy got me. I'm right here at this hillcroft. My dad's like, Well, what do you want me to do? I told you not to go over there. I said, Well, you know what? They speak Spanish, and I don't. My dad said, Son, I'm tired. I'm sleeping. Hang up the phone on me. <laughs> Called back, and my mom starts screaming at me. So I said, All right, man, I'll talk to y'all later. So I started looking at this guy, what he's doing. I'm like, Well, he's definitely not Spanish, but he's writing all these orders. I don't know what is he doing. Mm-hmm. I see the other Hispanic girl, she's writing some orders, and I'm like, Okay, well. So I started looking at him, see what they're doing. And so I went, on, I went to him, I said, how did you speak Spanish? How did you learn Spanish? He said, I don't know how to speak Spanish. I said, well, I see you writing these orders. He's like, I just know a couple of words. And I'm, doing it. I'm like, I don't understand. But anyways, I stood over there, watched him for a little bit. The next day, um, school is about to finish at this time, right? And uh, school is not finished yet. We got end of school. We're about to graduate. So I'm sitting, we're about to do our pre-walk, and I, told one of my friends, his name is Baltimore Garcia, and this other guy, his name is Carlos Jimenez. And I said, hey, man, y'all got to, this right here, this in English, can you write it down on Spanish, how to say this? So I wrote a couple of lines, and they translated for me. And they're like, what is it? I'm like, well, listen, let's talk, let's let's say it so I know how to say it back. So they, they started talking back, so I knew how to say it back. So I, I'm like, you know, translated. I took this paper with me, and I memorized it, kind of as much as I can. And I put it right there. The next day I go back to work. Oh, I called my a- Asian supervisor. I said, hey, can I come back? No. So I go back to the la- the the general sales manager over there. Her name is Alice Gill. I said, Alice, um, I don't speak Spanish. She was like, well, this is only a Spanish market deal. I'm like, well, nobody told me. She's like, well, you look Hispanic. I'm like, well, <laughs> I-, I-, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So neither here nor there. She's like, well, Either you can quit, or I'm like, well, I can't quit. I, I don't have nowhere to go. So I told my friends to do this for me and take the next day, start, you know, memorizing these lines. And and I watch, I'm watching Kale, how he's doing it. And so I'm like, okay, I'll start doing the same thing. So I start getting them to fill the forms, and I'll get stuck here and there, and I'll call that other girl to, hey, they're asking a question. And soon enough, I mean, you know, necessity is the mother of all inventions, right? Hmm. So I'm like, man, you know, it's it's cool. I made some money. I didn't make a lot of money, but like the day I tried, I think I still remember I made like about 50 bucks in five hours, which equaled to $10 an hour, which was still better than $7.50 an hour. Okay, yeah. So I said, well, I got to do, I got to do better. So, so I called my friend. I said, hey, man, you know, I need to learn. He's like, well, watch, watch Spanish TV. I said, watch Spanish TV. So yeah, so on Sunday I turn on this TV on Channel Four on Telemundo, and they have they have like some show going on. I think it was Ritmo Latino or something, and everybody's dancing and everything. And I'm like watching it on in the living room, and they're talking in Spanish. I don't understand what they're saying, but I'm writing it down what they're saying. And my mom is like, "What are you watching? All these naked people dancing, you know?" <laughs> I don't know if y'all remember that, but you know they used to have a show where it was like they were at the beach and they were dancing. There, and my mom is like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> so I turned that off, and I'm, mean, you know, neither here nor there. That's how it all started. In about in about a year, I was one of the best salesperson in that office. A year and a half later, I was the best salesperson 
in the country. Oh. Yeah. And I stayed a top three salesperson, a top five salesperson in the country for next five quarters. Wow. Straight. Okay. Wow. I was not always number one, but I stayed in the top five. Uh-huh. Okay. In, in the country for five, you know. And I was working harder. I was working smarter than everybody else. I was making a lot of money. Soon enough, um, I mean, I'm talking about what I'm saying. I'm making a lot of money. I'm making a lot of money at this point. Yeah. I'm making that, you know, that check he showed me, 2500 bucks. I go to college, but how do I motivate myself when I'm making 2500 to 2800 every two weeks? You know, I'm only 19 years old at this time. Whoa. You know, it's kind of hard mm-hmm. to focus and everything. Um, but, you know, I did for for a while. And then in March of 19, you know, by by December of 1997, they made me an assistant uh, uh, assistant territory manager. And I was getting paid a little salary plus commission and a lot of override. And in, Jan- in January of 2018, okay, I had a check, one check, because all my, th- at the end of January, it was like beginning of February, end of January. I had a check because all my overrides were coming together. I had, you were getting paid on. If you go and sign up locations where you can go outside retail stores and put like this promotion thing, they will pay you, you know, 100 bucks or whatever. So, I mean, I was working. I'll get to work at 9. People will get to work. They, they, the office will start at 9. I'll get to work at 8.30, 8.45, get all my paperwork done. The meeting will start at 9. 9.15, 9.20 when the meeting was done, I was out. People were hanging around the office. They were drinking coffee. They were talking. They were going to lunch. I was already at work, okay? I was at work at 10 o'clock, and I would not stop till like 7, 7.30, 8. And I'm working every day, five, six days. People are working four days. I'm working six days, sometimes even Sundays. So I have a lot of stores signed up for my whole, for the whole. I, I had so many stores signed up that I could take my team every other day over there so it wouldn't burn down. Plus, I was giving it to other managers because I was getting an override pay on the, this. Every time you you get it, you get a sign on with somebody. You can get anywhere from fifty to a hundred bucks bonus. In February, I got a check, two weeks check, and it was twenty six thousand dollars. Whoa! And I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Well, what is the tw- at this time? I'm twenty years old. Yeah. Twenty year old kid doesn't have a lot of sense. Oh. Okay. <laughs> okay. There's I, more to this story. Yeah, yeah. I gave my mom $3,000 because I'm like, that's what I made. And I ended up spending $23,000 within seven or eight days. What'd you buy? Everything. <laughs> Take one of everything. I went, to the ga- yeah. I went to the Galleria. I went to the Galleria. And not only I bought myself some stuff, I bought my little brother something, I bought my friend something. And and that's one thing, you know, when, when money's there, Friends stick around. So how long before all of this money went away? Was it hours or days? Eight, seven, eight days. Okay. okay. Seven or eight days. I mean, yeah. we went to the club that night because mm-hmm. I used to have a fake idea that time. I mean, I spent probably probably three, $4,000 in that, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was stupid, right? Yeah. But, it, but I learned a lesson real quick mm-hmm. that you should have saved because the next week, the check was not 26000 <laughs> It was 3000 Okay. Yeah, the next pay period. Okay. And I'm like, man, you know, I should have saved it. I should have done everything. But, you know, I was giving, paying, giving my mom enough money. And we were, I mean, now we're living pretty comfortably as a family. Okay. In March of night, a month later after I got that 26000 in March. Okay. 
they come over there, they call me, and they're like, hey, listen, you know, we need to restructure some of your pay. And I'm like, Christ, you're making too much I'm tw- money, buddy. I'm 20 year old, right? Yeah. I, what do I say? No. There's no way. Yeah. I'm busting my butt. No, you're not doing this. Blah, 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 Good. Blah, blah. Good for you. No problem. They took my, they took, they, they, they took my whole team to breakfast one morning. And when we left, they, they're like, hey, there's an envelope on all y'all's desk. When y'all, when y'all get done, y'all can open it up. And they left. And on that, it said, today was your last day. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay. Okay. And they reorganized the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, as a 20-year-old, I mean, you know, you, you're like, man, you have life by the horns. And now all of a sudden you have nothing. So I'm like, okay, you know, I start going looking for jobs here and there, here and there. Uh, I went to, and the, you know, I, so I went to car dealerships. I went to other furniture stores and can't get hired. Finally, I get a, I get a job at a bill collecting company. Oh, okay. And okay. I'm making $360 is what they were paying me a week. Okay. Okay, which is 360 bucks. I'm making about 1500 2000 a week. It's a big difference. Huge. I'm on the phone, and I'm not a quitter, but I'm on the phone after the ninth day. This old lady's just crying how she can't pay her bills. And I looked, and I, I, I wasn't really happy there. I looked at the thing. I dropped my headphone. I went to the supervisor, and I said, I can't do this no more. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Yeah. I started looking for more jobs. Nobody's paying me what I want to make what I was making. Yeah. And that's a, another mistake people make. They don't ever want to step down. They want to make what they were making at one time. Life might have been good. Something must have been given to them. They should have saved that money. They should have taken the opportunity of it. But they, they wasted the opportunity like I did. Right. Made $26,000 and blew it all in eight days. Yeah. And never made that again, right? Right, right. And uh, so now I'm depressed, super depressed. Sure. I'm going, looking for a job. I got another telemarketing job, paid me $8 an hour. I, I was already past that $8. Yeah. I got $8. So now I'm like, my dad is like, look, you know, you're at home. We have some money saved up. You don't need to work. Clear up your mind. I'm I'm not a, I'm a very positive, upbeat guy, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm depressed. You know, like, you know, I don't want to leave the house. I'm staying all, I'm staying in all day, you know, not going anywhere, just, you know, laying on the bed all day and. You know, my dad is like, hey, listen, I think I think you should go uh, visit your uncle and I'll take you there. And we'll go we'll go see the Santa Monica Pier and, you know, I'll take you to Disneyland and, you know, this and that. And I mean, you know, I had never seen Disneyland. I mean, you know, because it was like a lifelong want to do that, right? We get there and it was, matter of fact, we never went to Disneyland because it was raining so much that day. We couldn't, we couldn't get to, we went to Disneyland. It was just raining, so we never went. Um... But yeah, you know, we went to a lot of places. We went to Santa Monica uh, Pier, went to uh, the the Hollywood Walk of Thing, and yeah. I had a pretty good time with my dad. And my dad was like, "Hey, listen, I got to go back, but you can stay here for another four or five days with your uncle, or you can come back with me." I said, "No, I'll just stay there." I mean, my uncle lived uh, in uh, uh, Loma Linda, which is uh, in San Bernardino County, and you know, when you open up the windows, man, you'll see the mounds and beautiful you'll see snow right there still on uh you know and on the top of the mountain where um you know and you can see big bear from there and it was just so pretty yeah you know it was just like going from houston to over there it was just like it was like a different country right very pretty very nice and so so you know i'll stay over there with my uncle and uh 
I'm like, hey, you know, I stayed at the house for a day or so. My cousins were very young. So I told my uncle, hey, you think I can go with you to the to your store? He said, yeah, definitely. Come on. So I go with him and and I'm like, I like the hustle and bustle. I like talking with people. I like interacting. And I'm like, man, I like this furniture business. So I was standing outside the store and I see these girls coming out of this retail shop and they come over there and this one girl comes and talks to me and then the second girl comes talks to me and I'm like, I think, I think that's what I want to do. You know, so I called my dad, right? The, you know, I went to the, went inside the store, picked up, asked my uncle, can I make a call to my, my dad? You know, because long distance charges at that, that time. Right. He said, yeah. I said, dad, I want to come back. I figured what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. <laughs> and he's like, what is it going to be? I said, I'm going to open up a furniture store. My dad said, no, 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 no. That's not why I left you over there. <laughs> oh, my. So I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, you know, can you send me a ticket? You know, because at that time, you know, we, we were traveling with buddy passes. You remember the buddy passes were yeah. big. So my dad is like, okay, let me call my friend and see if there's a buddy pass and <laughs> and I'll overnight it to you or something like that. I said, okay, cool. So I'm over there for four or five days. Now I want to learn furniture business. So I'm asking my uncle, how do I learn furniture business in five, seven days? So same way, like, same way you learn Spanish. So he's like, he's like, he's like, well, just follow our lead, and you know, th this is how you look at this thing. And I'm like, okay. So I get over there one day, and and I'm like, you know, in California, everything is zoned to be together. All the car dealerships in one place. All the furniture stores are in one place. All the shop, you know, electronic stores are in one place. Right. So outside the mall, it was like this furniture zone kind of thing. So I'm like, okay, it's about eight, nine furniture. It's like a furniture row. Eight, nine stores. So I go over there and start walking from one store to another. And I'm seeing what they're selling. And my uncle had told me, hey, you know, that's how you get the, you know, if everybody has this thing, you know, it's a hot seller. So I said, okay, perfect. So I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, well, how do you get the price list and doing this? And I'm trying to do a five-day crash course in furniture. <laughs> okay. And and I'm like, you know, there's a there was another furniture store in the mall that was called uh, the Bombay Furniture. I don't know if you remember that. I remember that, yeah. yeah. They used yeah. to sell a lot of cherry wood, rice bed, yeah. you know, colonial yeah. 18th century stuff. So he's like, yeah, this is a very good concept. They've been in the mall. That's why I'm in the mall. And I'm like, I asked him, why is he in the mall, this and that. And he basically told me, well, if you're in the mall, because I don't have enough money for advertising, but in the mall is automatic traffic, even though people are not looking for furniture. But if you're a good salesperson, you can convert them into that furniture buyer. So I said, okay, perfect. I'm going to do the same thing. So finally, get it, get to the house in seven, eight days, get back to Houston. And I said, dad, that's what I'm going to do. And my dad is like, absolutely not. Okay. Before we came from Pakistan, my dad was in uh, drapery business and furniture business briefly. And he had lost everything in the nineties. Okay. He even had a, a dairy farm, you know, where he had about a hundred, I think like 180 or 200 cattle. I mean, he had lost, he just went through the series of bad luck and he had lost everything. And, and I mean, it can happen to everybody. And that's why I always say, you know, stay humble, stay grounded, save the money because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow, yeah. right? Tomorrow is never promised to anybody. Tomorrow, when I say tomorrow, I mean life, the lifestyle, the wealth, the money, everything can disappear. Because I've seen it disappear from my dad, right? And uh, that's another day uh, I'll tell you, you know, how bad it was for us. And I, I'm, I'm still grateful. Uh, my dad has passed on, you know, over 10 years ago, but still so grateful that my dad, you know, brought us over here. Yeah. And, you know, introduced us to, 
what life really should be. Yeah. You know? He taught you so many things along the way, and he was a, an important part of the start yeah. of exclusive furniture as well. Talk about that. Yeah, so 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 I'm like that. I got to open up. So we, we had drawn out fights at home, a lot of quarrels, a lot of arguments, you know, me throwing temper tantrums, not talking to him, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, okay, I'm going to start looking for a store, right? You know, and I'm going to every furniture store. So this is in March, right? I'm going to every furniture store. I go morning to night, just I'm going everywhere. Every mom, small shop, big shop. I'll stay there, man. I'll just keep going over there. I'll take, you know, I'll take people with me and I'll write notes and I get in the car and write notes and find out what style they have. And there was not a lot of camera phones or phones back in the days, but you just got to write notes. And then I'm constantly looking at yellow pages, who's the importers, who are, you know, wholesalers over here and go and visit wholesalers. And I'm just, first month and a half, I'm just spinning my wheels, you know. The whole April, all I did is study furniture business, okay? The whole March, rest of the March and April, so 40, 45 days, every day at a furniture store. When I say every day, mm. I mean every day, yeah. seven days a week, 10 a.m. till the store is closed. Wow. Okay? Wow. Um, I mean, I was at every furniture store. Name it, and I was there. Wow. Yeah. Fingers, gallery, buy right, landmark. JJ's Furniture World, Sleep Shop, Star Furniture, every store. Because you can't understand the business, any business. I don't know whether Affordable it's furniture. furniture. Yeah. Affordable, yeah. But you can't understand the business until you know the business and you do the research in the business, and that's what you're doing. Yeah, and I'm watching people's habits. Yeah. What are people coming over there? How are the salespeople talking to the people? Because this is not the door-to-door sales that I was used to in AT&T. It's a different sale. Face-to-face selling, people are coming to you, you're not going to people. The habits, financing. I didn't know anything about financing. I had to learn. Mm-hmm. I knew about layaways because my uncle had taught me. But I'm trying to find out how people do layaways in Houston. Yeah. Okay. What kind of furniture they carry? How do they deliver? How do you pick up? All that I had to learn, you know. And it was, I had to learn that before I opened up my own store. So I start, now in April has gone by, I started looking for stores. I'm like, I want to have the same demographic that my uncle did. Hispanic market and in front of a women's store. Mm-hmm. And I found it at Almeida Mall. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Hispanic population. Yeah. It was right in front of Express. So I go to this guy. His name is Bill Russell. You know, rest in peace. Great guy, right? And Bill has passed on, right? And Bill looks at me and Bill looks at me and he's like, Sonny, how old are you? I said, I'm about to be 21. And he said, I don't think so. You look like about 16 or 17. I said, no, no, I'm, I'm about to be 21, sir. And I'm going to open up a furniture store. And, and you know, this and that. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I would love to lease your store, but I'm not leasing it to a 20-year-old kid, anything. And I said, well, why? I'm going to pay you the rent. I'm going to pay you the deposit. I'm going to pay you everything. He said, no, because if you're going to come open up over here, you don't know what you're doing. You're going to close. I'm like, Mr. Russell, all due respect. I'm going to be here. I'm going to commit to you. I'm going to be here. Whatever happens, I'm going to be here. I said, no. He said, do you have a a dad? I said, yes. Yes, I do. He said, well, tell your dad to come over here. Go sign. And talk to me. So, of course, I go talk to my dad. (laughs) And you know what the answer was. That was an interesting conversation, I'm sure, yeah. The answer is no. Yeah. 
couple of days go by and I'm panicking because I had told Bill that I was going to be there in a day or two. Yeah. Two days gone by, I'm we arguing, heated discussion. Dad says, no, he's not going. So dad is like, Sam, you need to go. Go to school, son. Be a lawyer like you wanted to be and have a good life. Why do you want to be in business? Because when you're in business, you're a slave to your business. You're going to work that. You're going to sleep, live, everything. And it's very stressful. I don't, and my dad said, I didn't come to this country, you know, for my kids to open up a business and be a merchant. I want you to educate yourself. You know, and in South Asian countries, education is everything. Yeah. Okay. And like, you know, I want you to become a lawyer, engineer, doctor, something. Sure. Right? You don't want to be a doctor, fine. You don't want to be an engineer, fine. You want to be a lawyer, be a lawyer. Do something. Mm -hmm. I said, Dad, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll go to school in the morning. I'll go to school. I promise you as long as you let me get this store. Yeah. I said, I promise you. Man, this is a game changer. Yeah. You don't understand. We're going to be so rich. <laughs> <laughs> And my dad is like, son, it's not, it's not cut out to be like that. You know, you you think you're going to be so rich. It's, it doesn't work like that. You're going to be working umpteen hours. How are you going to study? I said, dad, have you been to furniture stores before? There's nobody in the store ever. <laughs> and I'm going to have so much time just to study. So, all right. Finally, he's like, all right, you win. I lose. You're going to go to school. I said, I'm going to enroll in school. I went and enrolled everything. I had saved money. My mom had saved some money. Um, so I had about $27,000 saved. And it was not enough. I needed 40. Mm -hmm. So my mom old, loaned me 13. My, my parents put 13 in there. Sure. And so we started with $40,000, right? I had, I, I finally got this place from Bill. So Bill had to go take it to this uh, fellow called, his name was Terry Felton. Terry's still the general manager at Alameda Mall, and me and Terry are really good friends, mm -hmm. right? And uh, Terry's a great man, right? And Terry is against it, against the idea. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Mr. Felton, please, listen to me. It'll be, it'll be good. So Terry's like, okay, fine. How are you going to load? How are you going to unload? I'm like, listen, I'm going to make it, whatever it is. Follow your rules. I, get, I open up the store on June 18, 1998. But before June 18, it's time to fill the store. So I'm, it's like, you know, they lease me the store on June 5th or 6th, something like that. I have to pay the rent for the whole month. So I my whole goal is to get this thing done, open it up, and let's go, you know, sure. so I can sell. Sure. It just so happened to be June 18, 1998, which is my sister's birthday, June 18, too. And exclusive furniture, this June 18th will be 22 years old. Wow. Right? Wow. So we get over there and, uh, you know, I'm bringing furniture inside the mall. He had told me not to do that. And he is pissed at me. Yeah. But anyways, neither here nor there. We open up the store. First day of the store we opened. I remember how much we did. How much we sold. How much? $39. Whoa. I sold a lizard CD rack. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. This and, is not a good start. Well, okay, I mean, you know, but, but but I believe in it, right? Right. So I mean, you know, right. we got we got we got twelve days going on. I mean, yeah. we end up selling five thousand dollars or six thousand dollars at a whole month. Sure. The next month it was twelve thousand dollars. The next month it was it was more, and then I found out there's a clearance center across the street 
It only opens on Sunday and people are lined up over there. It opens 12 to 6 and people get there at 9, 30, 10 and they line up and they fight to get in the door. Whoa. Someone told me that. I'm like, I can't believe it. There's no way. Mm-hmm. So my uncle came to visit us from California. He saw that I opened up the store and he wanted to come see it. So he takes me to one of his friends and his friend is telling me, my uncle is like, yeah, my 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 nephew opened up this furniture store if you ever need furniture. He's like, no, I bought this from this clearance center and opens only over there. This guy's telling me, and I can't believe it what he's saying, like people r- bum rush in this place. Yeah. So I get over there the next morning. Of course, I'm, I work at 12 is when I open up the store. So I get over there at 9.30, right? And I get over there at 9.30 and I tell my brother, please come help me. I'm going to go to the store. The store got open up at 12. So if you can open it up, let me go check this place out. So I get over there at 9.30, uh, you know, 10 o'clock, and I'm like, there's lines of people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is crazy. Okay. I'm selling 2000 2500 a day on Sunday. And there's lines of people. I stay right there, and I'm watching. I'm not in the line, but I'm watching people. And, as soon, and, and before it turns 12, people are trying to break the door. It was a sight like crazy. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. So I get over there, people are running, and people run, and they'll grab a sofa. This is mine. And they'll lay on it. <laughs> they'll grab the bedroom set. They'll lay on it. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? This is crazy. This clearance center was owned by Fingers. Ooh. Finger Furniture. Yes. And I'm like, it was crazy. So I start talking to people, and, you know, you know, I'm doing this. I'm like, this is insane. So I go back to the store, and I'm depressed. I'm like, I'm only selling... Less than 2,000 a day. I'm going to be here all day. And there's hundreds of people over there. So so I, I, I t- I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, what, I, what am I going to do? So so I start, I, I get on the computer right away and start making myself a flyer. Okay. And I can't wait, you know, to put out the flyers because my brother was there that day with me. He, he was, now, was now my partner. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'll be back. So. I make these flyers. By that time, it's about 3.30. And there's still, there's very few cars left. So I start, I go out and I see some cars and I start putting the flyers on, on, on top of these cars. Well, people who got there later didn't realize everything was gone already. Mm, okay. So when they got back in their car, they drove to me. Yep. And so that day, instead of like 1,500 to 2,500, we ended up doing 4,000. People came from there and we, we sold some furniture. I'm like, Wow. So Monday, I go to Kmart, Home Depot, other furniture stores that are in the area and start putting flyers on their cars. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I did that in the morning. I did that in the afternoon. I did that at night, in the evening. And where I was selling 800, 900 a day, now I'm selling 1,500, 2,000 a day. So I'm like, okay, I started doing that every day. Started doing that every day. Well, the next Sunday, I still remember. So I told my brother, I'm like, hey, you come work with me again. And me and you, and then we had this one girl work with us. We get over there, we do the flyers, but this time I start putting out the flyers at 12 o'clock, at 11.30. I start handing it to people, putting it on the cars and everything. We ended up doing $11,000. Oh, my gosh. If you weren't doing that, like, in 15 days, what we were doing in in a day. That's huge. So I'm I'm like, this is great. Yeah. So, and that changed my life, right? I'm putting flyers every day, putting flyers everything, and I mean, that's how... The first, that's how I, I'm like, man, this is it. Power of advertising. Okay. 
And, and so I came to this philosophy. If you don't invite anybody to your party, nobody's, nobody's going to know. Gonna come, yeah. Nobody's going to show up. You can have the world's best margarita that Bruce makes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The best barbecue and the best cake and everything else. But if you don't tell somebody about it. If you, you know, don't invite nobody, yeah. nobody's coming to the party. Wow. You know, one thing that... Uh, <laughs> So many different things about you, and and this really is life before exclusive. This is this is going to be a two part interview. We're going to do this in segments here, and I'm going to wrap up today. Man, you fast forward a couple of decades here, and you see what's going on with exclusive. But the one thing that remains from the things that you heard Sam talk about is an incredibly high work ethic. Someone who understands that if you want to make money, you want to do something and make something succeed, you have got to work hard. You've got to believe in it. You've got to be smart. You've got to listen and see. And then you've got to go do. And I'm not sure, uh, as we talk about generational things and such like that, there's always the entitlement generation and so on and so forth. And that's got to be a tough thing. We can talk about that sometimes. But you didn't come from there. I see family and, and the important part of family, I, I know you're very close to your mom and your dad, and, and they're both influential. I go back to the Pizza Hut story. He says, you don't like the way it is? Go back there, because life is going to give you a whole bunch of crap, and you better be able to take it and go back and figure out how to get it better. Yeah. Sam, you've done that. Wow. I want to continue this podcast and continue this story while we take you you know, into 2020 and beyond, because... Now, if you don't know Sam Zavery, now you understand how a furniture store can come into this market and grow from a location in Almeda Mall to all of these locations around the city. And that is what is making this place successful. And we're going to talk about, I want to talk about in our next podcast, I'm going to talk about the people that you that you interact with at the store. Uh, the thought process as you move forward. You have a great story to tell. And it was just your birthday a couple of days ago. Yes. Happy belated birthday. Thank you, sir. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. This dude, if you don't know him, celebrates life, celebrates positivity, and celebrates a way to get things done. And, man, we could use a few more of you guys in the in this world. So, Sam, thank, thank you, you very I much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well I'm done, my friend. Well I'm done. done. Thank you. So there you have it, part one. Hope you enjoyed the conversation, and there will be more conversation with our good friend Sam Savory at Exclusive Furniture. Thanks for listening to Feel the Atla. Visit us at RadioLoungeUSA.com. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Do that, and you will never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. It's good stuff. Until next time, come to the lounge and feel the ad love. Copyright 2020.